Yesterday is so heavy. Please put it down. A quote by Clarence Fell. Dig. Welcome to the One Love Sports Show, your place for quick bites on hot sporting topics and events. I am Lance Thomas, along with Mario Pottinger, the original Rasta hippie from Live Sports Media. Yo, Mario, what's good, bro? Everything right now so far, love life, so you know, big thanks to you, man. Um, of course. Great weekend, yeah. for, great, great weekend of sports. Yes, as usual, you know, um, this is the hottest 30 minutes in all of sports. I mean, it's getting more than 30 minutes these days, but we kick things off with a look at the sporting events from the week that was, starting with Formula One. Sunday morning, we had Lewis Hamilton uh, going up against Max Verstappen. Lewis Hamilton, the six-time uh, world champion, was aiming to go for his seventh to break the record of Michael Schumacher. And Verstappen has been dominant this season, well, but uh, Lewis Hamilton made a comeback and it was all tied on points, 369.5 points going into Sunday's uh, race meet. And that was a very controversial. And it seems to me that not only the rules went against Lewis, uh, Lewis Hamilton, but also his team, you know, in terms of him not pitting at moments to pit on him driving on tires, which were worn out and at the end, being beaten on the last lap. It was such a heartbreaking defeat because um, at so many points in the race, people thought he had the race. I mean, that was... Did you get to see that um, uh, or observe that um, race um, in any shape or form, Mario? Uh, yes, and it was fully explained to me by my co-host, um, Leon from Livesworth. Yes. Uh, we actually did a more full-length discussion into it on Livesworth, but... Um, in watching it and him explaining it to me, yes, yes, he was telling me that the reason why he couldn't pit at that moment was because if he did pit, he would have lost his lead at any of any of those moments where he should have pit. So they were prioritizing pole position rather than yes. okay, let's get him some new tires and then let's see if he can catch up. And then the incident with the uh, what's it, what you call the car that comes out, the safety, uh, the safety car. That mm -hmm. incident, and then the 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 team from not Mercedes, um, from Verstappen, because Mercedes yes. is Lewis Hamilton's group. Yes, um, yes, I think it was a Red Bull group. Red Bull, yes. Yeah, they were saying, well, all right, then cool. If we robbed you with the whole, um, if you were robbed later on in the race, well, let's talk about when Lewis Hamilton cut the track. Hmm. I never gave back, and the pole position was not given back to 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 Verstappen. Mm -hmm. So like everybody has something they can argue. Well, it was obvious to me, and in spite of all of that, I mean, the commentators all around seem to think that uh, Mercedes could have pitted their opportunities that they could have pitted and not without giving up the lead, and they weren't as sharp in their race strategy. Um, and so, and they 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 are saying that. There's been happening all season. There's not even particular alone to this race that they have not, they're not as sharp as they used to be, the team from Mercedes. But 
Um, very unfortunate. I don't know as much about the sport, you know, to comment any further, but I know, I mean, it was really a wild ending and it, it was, it was real, very competitive, one of the most competitive seasons yet. Over into La Liga, where Real Madrid um, squared off with Atletico Madrid and um, punished them two goals to nil. It was not as competitive as one would want it to be, but you know, Atletico Madrid these days, I don't know, it seems like the tire is wearing out. Um, you know, they, they have had multiple opportunities and because it seemed like they didn't hit the window, I don't know, it seemed to me like their window is closing at the moment. Um, in the NFL Cardinals Rams, you know, the high riding lead of the NFC Cardinals were taken down by the Rams. It was a game where Cardinals made all, almost all the mistakes in the book. And still at the end of the game, I had an opportunity to tie the score. I mean, so it was a very weird game to me. Uh, if you're a Cardinals fan, I don't think you should be too disappointed, except that now DeAndre Hopkins is out for the rest of the regular season, and they're hoping to have him back for the playoffs. Um, any, what, what's your takeaway from that game, uh, Mario? Uh, you see, as you said, like the Cardinals want every way to beat themselves, and yeah. they still had a chance. They still only lost by a touchdown. Yes, yes. Yes. So, um, I don't see like I, it's it's crazy because I want to give Stafford this win, mm-hmm. but at the same time, how much of it is all right? The Rams finally coming together because remember they did it still. In all fairness, they didn't have Jalen Ramsey and another guy on their yeah. defense who's important. Yes, right. So it was Aaron Donald and Von Miller doing most of the um work, but. Yes. I, I don't know if I should give this win to Stafford when he didn't beat a, card, a, a Cardinals team that came at you at their best. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird game to analyze. Um, one of the things I saw was a lot of inexperience on the Cardinals side because even at the end of the game, uh, a lot of the players, I mean, they weren't as strategic as they should be. Um, so better coaching, uh, better quarterback play, um, and uh, better receiving better better because deandre hopkins himself dropped the catch which is like unheard of which it that itself in fact i mean he really drops a catch is a remarkable thing too because i think his drop catch on monday night was the first in two years that he's dropping a catch that's like crazy you know what i mean tells you how great a player he is um but one of those weird games which is hard to, to have any real takeaways from uh, in the EPL midweek uh, slate of games, Arsenal really punished West Ham. Uh, Arsenal really looking good in, in recent weeks uh, on a good trot. Uh, so that was a very good showing for them. And then last night, uh, Lakers and Mavericks squared off, and that was like a playoff energy game where it was a shot for shot. It was a shootout at the end, three point against three point, and it went to overtime. And Lakers pulled it off, you know, being the more experienced team. And Mavericks are playing without Luca Doncic. Surprisingly, that they were able to hang in there with Lakers without Luca Doncic. You know, but one of those games, you know, it's early days still in the in the, in the NBA, so we're not going to make 
too much about these results as far as NBA is concerned is so far to go. But what excited me most about the weekend in sports last was boxing and UFC. Lomachenko versus Komi, that was a very good fight. It was Loma, the technician, and against Komi, the warrior. And it went the distance. I mean, based on what happened in the seventh round when Loma knocked down uh, Komi, one would never have expected that to go to the distance. But Komi is a warrior, true warrior. In the UFC, the Oliveira Poria fight was 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 really good. Oliveira is a beast with a beast in that fight, and and Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena. I mean, Amanda Nunes was dominant. Was you know was really on top of the fight, and then seemed to got wear out. You know, I mean, she was she got worn out. I mean, actually, uh, towards the end, and in a, in a flash, the fight was over by submission. What's your thought on all of that, uh, Maria? I think with the newness fight, I, I wouldn't even say she was born out. I just think it's the first time in maybe like three years somebody has pushed her to the final round. And I didn't think she prepared for that. I didn't think mm. she, she had a game plan for if this is going to get grind. Mm. So I thought like once she realized that somebody wasn't going to give up and fear the lioness, mm-hmm. Like that's when she chose to give up. To give up. Because if you look at her fights in the past, even the ones against um Valentina Shevchenko, who's a better fighter than Juliana Pena, it was a grind and to to, to a decision. I think that yes. Amanda has gotten so comfortable being the champion that she doesn't even remember what it's like to be pushed to a fifth round fight. And as soon as things started to as soon as she didn't have an answer for Juliana Pena, she just, yes. she just gave up. But that's reminiscent of the days of Mike Tyson when he was dominant and then going to a fight unprepared. And as soon as he faced a competition who was really hungry and ready for him, didn't have the answer, it was a fiasco. Uh, so that wraps up our review of the last week in sports. Can I say one, thing have- about, one, one more thing about yes. the UFC? Yes. Oliveira is the most perfect fighter to train yourself up. Mm. Everything is done perfectly onto a team. If somebody was to teach you how to fight in Muay Thai or even Jiu-Jitsu, Oliveira is the perfect person to watch, other than Mighty Mouse. Well, he did, he, he did look awesome against Poria. I mean, really. I, I don't... It's like every facet of his game was really perfect. Exactly. There, there's not. There's no wasted punches. There's no wild throws. There's a, everything is calculated. Everything is right where it's supposed to be. He doesn't overextend on his punches. Every, it's just so perfect. Like you have to have it. And then the one thing that Dustin Poirier was trying to avoid was what defeated him. He didn't want Oliveira to get his back. And what did Oliveira do? Yep. Slip on, slip under one of his punches, jump on his back, make him tap. The one thing he feared is he attacked the fear. Yes, yes, yes. That's what happened. So that's uh, wrapped up our preview of last week, and we now our review of last week, and now we now jump over to our preview of the upcoming action for the next seven days. 
So our preview starts as usual with the EPL, where Chelsea has been knocked off the top with its loss to West Ham. Struggled against Leeds over the weekend with a came out with a 3-2 victory, courtesy of a penalty, as were the other two teams at the top, uh, Man City and Liverpool also benefited from penalty wins. But later on in the midweek state of games, Man City showed um, Chelsea how it's done against Leeds, spanking Leeds seven goals to nil. But looking at the action coming up in this weekend um, EPL, which is going to be the 18th round of matches out of 38 in total, Tottenham will be hosting Liverpool. And Tottenham with uh, Conte as coach there, trying to turn around their season, trying to, to regain some level of respect, um, taking on a Liverpool team which is looking to make a surge, is looking to, is challenging, is nipping at the heels of the leaders, whether it be Chelsea or Man City. How do you see that matchup going, um, Mario? Tottenham versus Liverpool. Uh, as a as a Chelsea fan, I don't want to root for Tottenham because they're they're Tottenham. Yes. Um, and I don't want to root for Liverpool either. You want a draw? That's what you want. Hey, that's what I want. But I'm afraid that I'm I'm afraid that that won't happen because of I I think Liverpool will find a goal. Hmm. You don't think Conte will make a difference? I don't think Conte wants his job. He took a job that he doesn't want. Yes, mm. he literally took a job he didn't want. Manu didn't come after him, which was a job he wanted. And then, not not before he took the Inter Milan job and won Syria with them, he was supposed to get the Real Madrid job, and the Real Madrid players didn't want him here because of his playing style. Mm. This was when Sergio Ramos was still in the dressing room. Ramos said he doesn't want Conte there because we don't want to play that style of football. It's boring and it, it's hard to play. It's effective, but again, like he didn't want the Tottenham job because this job was offered to him in the summer, mm. and he laughed it off. He publicly laughed it off. Well, that's, that's, that's a disgrace, you know, for him to be there and not be wanting what he has. That's not a good position at all. I hope it's not so. Um, we jump over into La Liga, where Real Madrid leads on 42 points, eight points ahead of Sevilla, who, who has a, a game. Um, um, in, hand. in hand, and Sevilla in turn is one point ahead of Real Betis. So Real Madrid is real dominant now in La Liga. Uh, Atletico is in fourth, and Barcelona is in eighth. So they are slipping even further away from the lead. The highlight of the weekend action coming up, I see, is Sevilla taking on Atletico Madrid. Anything to take uh, to look forward to in this game, uh, Mario? Uh, yes, Sevilla has always been a um, creative attacking team, so they will always put on a show. Yes. And I think Atletico are going to want to bounce back. Uh, one thing I will say about La Liga this year is that I don't think, like I said, I don't think Real Madrid are the team that they're portraying themselves to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're that good. And uh, I, I include Real Madrid in this as well. Real Madrid, Atletico, and Barca are all going through a transition. I think that Atletico winning La Liga covered up a lot of their blemishes last year. And I think, especially in a in a game like this against Sevilla, Atletico are going to want to prove that they're still at the top. 
Mm-hmm. But I do see Syria as title contender. So um, I'm expecting a low scoring game and maybe another 1 0. I don't know which way it's going to go. I'm hoping that it's Syria that wins. So it's going to be a very competitive matchup then. I mean, you know, as, as you can say, it's low scoring. Can't tell which way it will go. So it's going to be very tight. In the Bundesliga, Bayern leads by nine points over Dortmund, who also has a game in hand. Uh, but the pick of the week's action, the weekend's action coming up for me is SC Freiburg taking on Leverkusen. Leverkusen, who used to be as well a top weight in the Bundesliga. Um, and Freiburg, who is having a good season so far. What do we look forward to in this matchup, Mario? This one is this one is very strange because Freiburg beats teams bigger than them and then beats and then loses to the mid-table teams and relegation yeah. teams, which is why they're never even a mid-table team. So they rise to the challenge and shrink to the low the, the low level of the opposition. Yeah, but usually those teams will still finish around the Europa League position. Freiburg mm. is one of those teams that are complete mm. pretenders. They'll beat up, they will beat Dortmund or Bayern by three and then lose for the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. I think they're on a good run of form. Mm-hmm. But this is a perfect match for Freiburg to beat up on a Leverkusen team that's transitioning as well. They mm-hmm. have a bunch of young players. Um, so yes, this match could end 6-0 to Freiburg, you know, in fairness. Mm-hmm. But Freiburg will still remind you that, hey, we're Freiburg for a reason. There's a reason we, why we've never played in Europe before. There's a reason why we keep fighting relegation. And on any, the moment you start to trust Freiburg is when they will show you, oh yeah, that's a relegation curtain group. It's very unpredictable then. I understand what you're saying, you know? Yes. Um, in the Syria, Milan knocked off the perch. They have been knocked off the perch by Inter. Um, Inter are on 40 points and lead by one. Atalanta and Napoli um, round out the top four in the Syria. Big games coming up this weekend. There's Milan versus Napoli. Lots of intrigue there. And there's also Atalanta versus Roma. I, I'm guessing you're going to pick Milan versus Napoli as the game to watch. If I'm not being biased, because again, in Italy, I am a Roma fan. Mm-hmm. So the bias would go to Atalanta, Roma. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in all fairness, it, it should be Milan and um, Napoli. Napoli. Mm-hmm. Because title, actual title contenders, Roma and and Atalanta are really European contenders. Yes. They could finish in the Champions League. They could finish in the Europa League. Yes. But title-wise, Napoli and Milan are in the race. And it's the Sunday prime time game at mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the match. Yeah, it's definitely the match to eat it, to eat it Sunday dinner. Of course. In League One, PSG, the French League One, PSG lead by 13 points ahead of Marseille. Followed by Ren and Nice. Monaco is in eighth and Lyon is in 13th. The next round, there will be no matches on the weekend in, 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 in Paris, in France. I'm not sure why. Um, but they, a, lot of, a lot of COVID changes. There are perhaps, a lot of, like, like I okay. said, okay. A, a lot of clubs are, a lot of leagues, I should say, are considering um, what they, not this weekend, sorry, today and yesterday. Okay. The owners in the NFL had a meeting, but they wanted to know if they were going to shut down the season or not. Yes, yes. Um, yes, yeah, so the, 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 the rise of cases and the variants is really wreaking havoc on sports all over the globe. And so the French League, League One, will be playing, next round of matches will play in midweek next week, where 
the pick of the bunch there for me is Monaco versus Ren. Um, see what happens there. But no time to delay because we NBA uh, beckons and the East. It's the Nets pulling away from the rest of the pack with a twenty and eight uh, record. They are followed by the Bulls, Bucks, Cavs, and then the Heat is in in midstream there. I'm not sure if Jimmy Butler is back. I think he's still out. But Heat are Heat Heat started a very strong season, but now fading. Um, which are a number of issues. Surprisingly, the Cavaliers are that's the hottest team in the East. They are on an eight and two run, uh, followed by Nets, which is on a seven and three run. But didn't see that though. Under the radar, the Cavaliers are the hottest team. Maybe it's this type of opponents they have faced, or they just have hit a nice take a stride on the West. Clearly, it's the Warriors with newly crowned downtown King Curry. Um, Suns nipping at their heels, just a game behind. And all the other usual suspects are rounding on top eight, including Jazz, Clippers, Lakers, Mavs, and Nuggets, who have now slid down to seventh and eighth position after an unimpressive run in their last 10 games. But Grizzlies is the one which is in the mix there, which is kind of surprising. Even though Ja is injured now and out for a bit, Grizzlies is really standing firm there. Let us see how long that lasts. What is the most compelling watch, though, for the next seven days? I've given I've given you about four games here, Mario. Tell me which one is the most compelling. The, the Hawks will host the Nuggets. Bulls will host Lakers. Celtics are hosting Sixers, and then Lakers will host the Suns next week, Tuesday. Which one? First and, for- yes. first and foremost, let's stop putting the Lakers in this conversation because as a team, they're not what their name stands for right now. So I don't want to keep putting them in. But the games are competitive. Not fun to watch. They're not good to watch. But the games, they, they are keeping some of the games competitive, though. Yeah. Well, depend against who? Against who? Against real competition? No. Okay, so, so if I was to go, if I was yes. to go with any of those yes. games, um, in terms of entertainment value of, of watching, yes, I would have to go with either let's let's go with the Hawks and the Nuggets mm-hmm. tomorrow at seven, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's the one to me to watch based on the ones that you give me. Okay, we'll be here next week to look to see. What all these games turn out to see which ones were really, really very, very competitive. Okay. In the NFL, the NFC following an error filled loss to the Rams the, on Monday Night Football, the cards have now fallen to third in the NFC um, behind the Packers and Buccaneers. Uh, so the cards now, people are saying that they're the fifth best team in the NFC all of a sudden. You know, you know, these analysts and commentators are. They are like Quicksilver, you know, in a flash, they change. So now they are saying that the cards are way down. I think that if you believe that the cards if, uh, have a good chance of making it to the Super Bowl or going far into the playoffs, which because of the inexperience may give one a challenge in betting on that, now is a good time to bet on the cards because they, they're going to be getting real good odds right now. And I think if I had to look at the Cardinals before Monday night, um, Monday night's game and after, nothing has changed about the team. 
except DeAndre Hopkins is now injured. But I, I think that they, they have shown enough resilience and enough depth to, to go far without DeAndre Hopkins. So I think it's a very good opportunity to go long to buy on the Cardinals right now because it's still a very, very good team. One thing I have, I have my doubt about is their inexperience, both at the coaching and the player level in making playoff runs. That has to be proven, but otherwise, it's a very good team. Your thoughts, Murray? Yeah, I think the Cardinals, if they could perform well without Kyle Murray and quarterback is the most important position, even though they still had Nuke at the time. Yes. Um, you still didn't have a quarterback who could get it to him on a, on a, on a good basis, and you still managed to. Yes. Again, because of even your own errors while you lost yes. last week. So yes. it's, it's like, I don't think they should be worried. Yes. Um, all of the stuff that you said about them proving it in the playoffs, yes. that has to be done. Yes. But yeah, if they did, if they did it without Kyle, without Kyle of the quarterback is the most important position, yes. Yes. then I see, them, I see them being able to keep up with at least keep up their playoff spot yes. and, and still get home. Yes. Yes. DeAndre Hopkins. And I think it will allow a lot of the other guys to step up. Yes. So I think it can be a very good thing thing for the team. I mean, uh, the rest of the NFC, the Niners, Vikings, Falcons, Eagles, and Washington are all in the wild, wild card hunt. We're in the, this part of the phase of the NFL where I call it mock exam time because you're going to have lots of uh, contenders now and pretenders facing off against each other. And you're almost in playoff mode because some of them are fighting to get a spot into the playoff. So you have some do-or-die games, very critical games to win. So you're really going to see what some of these teams are made of at the moment. It's like a pre-trial for the playoffs. So it's a very exciting time to be watching NFL games. The AFC, despite having a bye uh, last week, Patriots still are tied at the top of the AFC with Titans and Chiefs. Are there steam in the AFC? <laughs> Don't look now, but... Right behind the streaking Patriots are the Chiefs being hottest team. And I'm not sure if it means, oh, Chiefs, who people are writing off after week four, week five, have no turned around and no are not dominant foot. I don't think so. I really think that they still have issues, but they have been facing some opponents who have not been standing up. And they do have quality. You know, one thing, I mean, I tell people that, Yes, maybe they weren't looking Super Bowl quality and maybe they won't even reach Super Bowl this year. But don't think that they are trash. This is a very good team, talented team, and you cannot write them off. You know, so if you give them an opportunity, they will capitalize on it. This is a championship team. Your thoughts, Mario? I am waiting on us to finish the, uh, because we're current, at the time that we're currently shooting yes. or, or recording. Yes. yes. It's a few minutes before the Chiefs versus the Chargers game yes. on Thursday Night Football. Mm -hmm. I love watching these two teams go at it because it's always high scoring. Yep. Um, and there's a little rivalry between Mahomes and, and, and um, Herbert? Justin Herbert and mm. no, yeah, that nobody's um, talking about because Herbert is a, I hate to say it, but Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, type mm -hmm. of quarterback. Mm -hmm. Meaning that he can do all of the crazy throws as mm -hmm. well. 
They have the similar body type. Mm -hmm. And Mahomes has always kind of given him the cold shoulder. Mm -hmm. Like, um, because a lot of people have said that, hey, this guy is a new Mahomes, or this guy is as good as Mahomes, and it's just his rookie year. Mm -hmm. And Mahomes has all, when every time ever, someone asks Mahomes about Justin Herbert, yeah. Mahomes always is like, eh, I would like to see him do it first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a little rivalry budding between these two guys. So I will... Yeah, should be exciting to see. But you are looking... I think the Chiefs will still... Yes. I, I, I still see the Chiefs as Super Bowl contenders. Yes, they are. They are. The top three defenses in the NFL are all from the AFC. So the AFC is um, a defensive powerhouse. And that tends to be the case generally in the NFL. But... No, no, no season has it been more true than this season where the Patriots, Bills, and Broncos are all leading in terms of points allowed. Uh, and top offenses, four of the top five offenses in NFL are from the NFC with the box cards, Rams, and Cowboys leading the way in points scored. So we have a very offensive heavy nfc against a very defensive heavy afc they say defense win championship so that may mean something now that takes care of the week's upcoming action in the nfl i'm eager to jump over to the ufc where you have three big fights coming up on the card on saturday derrick lewis versus chris Dawkins. There's Stephen Thompson versus uh, Bella Mohamed and Amanda Lemos versus Angela Hill. Which of these fights should we zero in on, Mario? Stephen Thomas and Bella Mohamed. Why? Um, Chris, Chris. Yeah. Wait, and I'll give the names. Why? Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins. Um, Derek Lewis is basically just trying to get back into his title contention in the heavyweight division. So yeah. this should be an easy win for him. Chris Dawkins is really just there too. Mm -hmm. is, can he be an upset? Tell me about Stephen Thompson and, and Mohamed. Okay, so Stephen Thompson now, of course, he's the nice guy who can beat the shit out of anybody. Mm -hmm. um, which is which is one of the things that people love about him. He's maybe one of the most dangerous, nice guys on the planet. Um, Belal Mohamed is um, a guy that is from, I don't want to say Khabib's camp. But he's, I, I think he's, I don't want to say Khabib's camp, but I think he trains within that group. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the guys in the 100 and, um, in the 185 pound division yes. that a lot of people have been sleeping on and he's been trying to prove himself to a lot of people mm -hmm. that he's legitimate. And a win against Stephen Boy Thompson will put him into the title contender. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, there are a lot of there's a lot of lot at stake here. So it should be a very interesting matchup. And if we last week was anything to go by, it should be mouth-watering too. The UFC really, really has positioned itself well at marketing its events and in producing good quality events, you know. So entertainment is almost guaranteed every Saturday night watching the UFC. So there ends it for our preview section we now move over to timeouts and we look forward to see who will be passing through the house this week
Welcome to Time Out. Today we have with us here Kamari Chenloy, real, real big man in the house, you know. What going, Sonny? Yes, yes, how are you doing? I'm good, you know. What going? Yeah, man, yeah, man. You know, definitely good to have you. I mean, I know you are like a prodigal son right now, run away to North. We in Jamaica, we're here. We welcome you back anytime, you know. With Thank accent you, and all. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Yes, yes. Stop, thanks for stopping by. I mean, we want to probe you a little bit, ask you a few questions, starting with just to get to know the man a little bit more, you know, um, your favorite childhood memory, you know, what would that be? Favorite childhood memory? Yes. Well, honestly, man, it was the, the favorite childhood memory of those Saturday morning training sessions. Every Saturday, <laughs> you know, when I went up the Long Mountain to... <laughs> train honestly yes the best time of my life roll the ball you know you roll the ball yeah, yes 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 yeah, yeah that was all right really good i mean and then we had the team grew you know grew yes, from yes. yes you won to something about 10 11 of us sometimes you know? wow you that know? was fun we could have made a team <laughs> could have you know <laughs> could have well what is your earliest memory of yourself as a kid my earliest childhood memory yes oh. But what I can remember off the top of my head is that I didn't want to begin school. I'd always cling to my mom when she dropped me off. Zin. And they decided that uh, they would give me one more year of school. So I guess that was a good thing, right? <laughs> oh, boy. That was, that was a great thing for you. <laughs> for me, for me, yes, for me. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, let's talk about um, superheroes. Who's your, who's your favorite superhero or fictional character? Favorite superhero? I like this one. Okay. Man, I gotta go with Captain America, man. You know, I gotta represent. Mm. Right mm. gotta, gotta go with Captain America. Mm. Captain America. I mean, you know, there tend to be a feeling like people, people like Batman and Captain America. They're not, they're not real superheroes. They're rich boys who just put on a little cape and. Like no, I, you know, that's not necessarily true for Cap. <laughs> because, you know, Captain Captain America, he was uh, a very scrawny guy when he just started out. Mm, mm. He, was, he was basically a scientific experiment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's something, think, like, it's something like a Spider-Man story then? Kind of. But yeah. I think the main reason why people like Captain America and Batman is because... Mm. They um they're like normal humans. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, they, yeah. They don't have overpowered strength like Superman. Right, right. right. Fast flash. So right. yeah. So they're more relatable. Hmm? They're more relatable, yes. Here's a question for you. You're trapped on an island with one song to play and one book to read. What would they, those be? <sighs> the book. Oh. The book would be the alchemist. Okay, you really love the alchemist. Okay, I do. I do like the alchemist. Yes, and, and you find it so good that I mean, you read it over and over I read it and again. Okay. Yes, because it okay. teaches. It. There's yeah. a lesson to be learned. Excellent, excellent. Okay, and song and for the song, I gotta go with something classical, man. It has to be soothing. I'm on a beach stranded. <laughs> um, Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven it has to be. <laughs> what? Wow. Yes, wow. man. Good yes. stuff. Some good classical. Stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Moon Knight's not a vibe with over the wow, okay, all yes, right, man. all right, all right. So, what sporting event are you most looking forward to in the next three months? Um, next three months, okay. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understandable, of course. I mean, I expect other big persons to pick that mm-hmm. Super Bowl, even for those who are not NFL intensive. That's right. The expect that, right. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Top three movies of all time. All right. So this one maybe a no Captain America the first Avenger. <laughs> no, that's number one. My second one is the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And the third one would be Interstellar. Oh, I haven't watched that enough. I haven't watched it. Is it Solid. is it anything like um that one that Leonardo DiCaprio Inception? Is it anything like Inception? Not kind of mm. not really um, no, okay. no not really i wouldn't say that I wouldn't okay say that. okay what's the main storyline of interstellar so yeah. the main storyline is a guy gets trapped in a black hole mm. and he gets to tell teach his daughter through a time loop about the experiences he's had okay and can do that use the knowledge he's acquired to um advance the human race okay okay, so with, okay. he gets to travel through time basically okay interesting interesting Okay. Help me complete these sentences. Money is money is the root of good things. Okay. Nice twist. Love is <laughs> love is never unconditional. Never unconditional. Never oh, unconditional. Wow. Bitcoin is Bitcoin is slowly becoming the standard currency. Mm. And electric vehicles are electric vehicles are going to make combustion engines obsolete yeah that's how, that's really happening that's uh, slowly happening yes yes, yes. Clearly, mm-hmm. clearly and last one for you here if you had all the money in the world and didn't need to work for the rest of your life what would you spend most of your time doing mm, that's a good one yeah. i would spend most of my time traveling and playing the sport i love the most football soccer Right, that is great. I mean, if you could be traveling around the world and playing football everywhere you travel, exactly, people, pick up That's music, people and stuff, mm-hmm. that would be like living the life, eh? Yeah, man. Oh my god, yeah, I can, I, can, I, can, I can relate to that totally. I mean, you know, um, a lot of persons who I ask a question, traveling comes up as a favorite, you know, so definitely relatable, man. Boy, Swanny, thank you, man. Thank you for joining us. Um, time is limited. But, you know, every moment spent with friends linking up is precious, you know? So, really appreciate you stopping by. No, I appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate it. Good stuff. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Enough love, guidance, and protection, you know? Catch you later, brother. Yeah, man. Don't know. Blink up. Okay, welcome to Fast Break, where we do quick takes on hot topics, burning issues from the world of sports. And this week, it's all COVID, 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 COVID spreading over the sports world. 
across the sports league. As Myra mentioned earlier, they're meeting with NFL owners and um, um, leaders to consider what they should, how they should approach the season. There's a lot of commercial interest at stake, you know, so it's very heavyweight battle here trying to figure out and deal with what's going on. Um, what are your observations on how COVID is impacting sports uh, over the globe, Mario? I think that a lot of people are angry, especially the athletes. Yes. Because the point of you getting vaccinated is that, okay, if I catch this disease, it's not going to have an effect on And right. it's so strange because a lot of people have gotten vaccinated. Oh, minimal. Yes. A lot of people have, have gotten vaccinated, especially in the sports world. Yes. And they yes. think they're thinking yes. to themselves, like Jalen Ramsey, for example, he still wanted mm-hmm. to play in that Cardinals game. Yes. Because I'm fully vaccinated. Um, and most of the players in the NFL are vaccinated. A good 90, or at least for most teams, it's reported that 90% of, of the players on, on each team are vaccinated. Yes. So yeah. they're saying, so the NFL doesn't want to stop their games the way um, football in England is starting to postpone games mm-hmm. and right. looking to be, yeah, they don't want to do that because we're in that yeah. stretch now going into the playoffs. And, and we can't get... It's a short season, yes. Yeah, like it's a short season. They don't have the yeah. basketball season. They don't have the football season, which is nine yes. months. Yes. So they're looking at it from the perspective of, okay, then why the hell did these players get vaccinated if, even if they catch the disease? Why can't they mm-hmm. play? Mm-hmm. So there was a meeting with the, not only with the NFL owners, but also with the Players Association mm-hmm. to see if they're going to change the vaccine guidelines or to change any COVID protocols um, regarding the players. But a lot of players are pissed off because... Yeah, it's, 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 it's hardly... Yeah, 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 it's hardly likely that um, that will happen because it's just so much politically um at stake outside of even the nfl itself um so you know as far as nfl is concerned they, they rather sacrifice one or two players missing out rather than anything at all happening and they blamed on them that caused greater impact on the wider society you know so that's what they're trying to safeguard against um so if one or two players as they get infected if they have to sit out if they have to be sacrificed. It's for the greater good as far as they are looking at it. But I want to go to the next um, item, really, which is Mr. Cook and Chef and Bottle Washer, Curry, who is just blazing up the league now. Um, in fact, I, I recently started referring to him as the king of the regular season because right the NBA regular season become like a, a you know a foregone conclusion like not much interest people waiting for the playoffs but Steph Curry has brought entertainment and excitement to the regular season interest to it which is very beneficial commercially and otherwise for the NBA to the extent where I want to ask you the question who is more important to the NBA at this moment is it an aged LeBron or is it a streaking entertaining relevance related with Steph Curry I still think it's LeBron 
um, at the moment. I just think that LeBron's team is playing well. If the Lakers were in full stride, then everybody would be talking about the big three in LA. Even with Curry's performances. Yes. Even with yes. But because yes. again, like if you look back at Curry's um, MVP years, yes, like even though we haven't seen it to this extent and he's breaking records, people have seen this in the player in, in, in the regular season before where Steph is on, even last year to an extent. So mm-hmm. I think entertainment wise, I think Steph is doing it right now because his team is playing well. But the second the Lakers are actually playing well and LeBron is dropping, let's say, 28 points a night or even if it goes down to 25. But the Lakers are a bad basketball team who has some good players who can save them. But they haven't been playing as a good team. So I think Steph is taking advantage of the fact that, hey, nobody's at their best right now. And guess what? Mm-hmm. I think guess who I think would have been more popular than even the Lakers, even if um even if they were at their best. The Nets. Yes. Like Kyrie is the greatest show on basketball. Harden is one of them as well. Mm-hmm. And KD is just KD. Mm-hmm. But the three of them have not been able to play together. And then Harden hasn't been at his um, glorious best. And um, KD has been KD, but you know, it's KD. So, a lot of the greatest shows mm. that are supposed to be on, Steph has taken advantage of that, which he should. Yeah. So, where do you rank um, Steph in terms of greatest point guards? Who are the greatest point guards? That's yeah. a bit difficult because... Is he top five, top ten? Oh, yeah, he's a top, he's a top five point guard. He's a top five. He's a top five? Well, yeah. Who's the other four? We'll have, to go with, uh, we'll have to go with Magic Johnson as one of them. Yes. I would have to go... In all fairness, he's to me the goal, like point guard if we're talking point guards. In all yes. fairness, and this is a conversation for another day, I think Steph Curry yes. is more of a... Um, I think he's more of a shooting guard than a point guard. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say the same for Kyrie as well. But he's a point yeah. guard, so they have they have him as a point guard. Uh, okay. If I was to go through, I would go Magic, Isaiah Thomas, the Pistons, Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Just because of the fact that, like, not only do you win those championships um, for them, but you were Finals MVP, which I don't think Steph has. Fine, fine. Wins. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to. I, I I can't remember off the top of my head. Because we're squaring it down to point guards, right? So mm-hmm. those are the three so far. Um, Bird. What position did Bird play? Was it shooting? Um, well, he wasn't really like a guard to say. It was more like... Yeah, uh, like a, a point forward type of... Because yeah. he still could. Because he still could distribute. Yeah, he, he could. could. So, yeah, so like, I didn't know if I should put it in the list because you said point guards. Yes. So, well, my top three so far that I can remember off the top of my head because AI has to go in there, but did AI win a ring? Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, so I, I guess I would have to look deeper. It's a question that I would have to yeah. ask. Yeah, yeah. My, my top yeah. three off the cuff, my top three yeah. off the cuff, Isaiah, Magic at the top, and Steph. Because I, I said, if, if I had more okay. time, okay. we we'll have to talk about yeah. CP3. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Rondo, Rajon Rondo with his time on the Celtics. 
So there's there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in that, you know what I mean? And if you go back, you know, the people always bring up Oscar Robertson. Um, I, mean, I didn't even yeah. remember him. Mr. Triple Double yeah. before Westbrook. Yeah, yes. And then there is even Westbrook himself. This is part of the conversation. Um, so there's a lot to unpack when you talk about um, point guards and, and um, Steph Curry's place in history even as he is still um, living his history, you know? A lot, a lot to unpack. Okay, so that's, yeah, so that, so in terms of the importance to the NBA, Curry or LeBron, you know, you're saying that you would still give LeBron the, the, the edge, right? Yes, um, that's slight of, edge, but it's definitely changing. There's a, there's a change in the guard, and I think even LeBron realized. Yes, yes, because I, I, I'm not even sure if LeBron has as great a pull as Curry right now in the current generation, um, you know, um, in terms of relatability. Because for one, Curry, because of his height and stature, most people is more aspirational for kids coming up, you know? So he has that thing to him. And then his game is so fun. You know, the fact, I mean, you can pull up from anywhere and just take a shot. You know, it doesn't have to be the conventional um, arc in your shot. And, you know, it's a different kind of shooting. You know, it's, it's just fun. It's a fun way of approaching basketball. Can I, can I say something that's really just repeating what you said, but in, a, I guess, a bit yes. a, a different way? Yes. What what Steph Curry is doing now is what Lionel Messi did for my generation. Um. He's inspiring the kids who weren't born genetic freaks or yes. born with a certain skill. One yes. of the Cristiano Ronaldo has the perfect athlete's body. Forget yes. football. Right. Forget football. Yes. He has yes. the perfect athlete's body. LeBron James was blessed from birth with great athleticism. Yes. And he became a great basketball and has great basketball IQ as well. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, so for, for guys like Stefan Messi who are undersized and um you know, their games were a bit different from what the big, more physical guys were. Yes, yes. So, like, they've inspired a lot of guys who aren't the perfect human being being born out of their mothers to still pursue sports. Yes, yes, yes. Clearly, that's what's happening there. So there we have it for Fast Break. Uh, we move over to Super Mario Adventures. Welcome to Super Mario Adventures, where Mario comments on an event or a topic not necessarily in mainstream news, but very interesting. Uh, what do you have for us this week, Mario? This week I wanted to speak about the Urban Meyer situation going on at the Jacksonville Jaguar, Jaguars yes, yes. Um, in the NFL. Yes. It seems to have gone from bad to worse to the point where he was fired. Mm. And the question that I always ask is, and everybody does. Why can't NFL, why can't head coaches in the college, no, not many can do it. I know there's some instances like a Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. but like on a consistent basis. Got and even ch- Matt Rule at the Panthers yeah. right now. Yes. Things are looking up for him as well. Yes. I mean, yeah, Chip Kelly who came over Eagles and didn't, didn't work out at all. Pete Carroll was, could be considered Ah, in his first stint when he came over to 
uh, Patriots in the late 90s, you know, didn't work out as well, went back and reappeared, you know. So there, there are many instances of the college coaches not transitioning so well. And the, the question is why? Eh? Why? Um, so, and with the game changing now to more, more mobility with the quarterback and more dynamism in the game, one was thinking that college quarterbacks would be better suited to the NFL, but not happening. But more, but more, more for you on, on the Urban Meyer situation. Yes, so when I really take a look at just this situation, I'll just use the situation and, and give you an answer to the question why college coaches can't do that. It's because yes. the environment you're in is completely different. Everybody yes. in the room knows football just as much as you equally, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Most of the guys are being paid as much as you are. Mm-hmm. Even if you're being paid less, your paycheck isn't that greater than theirs, and you're dealing with grown ass men. Mm-hmm. So you're you're not in control of your futures like you are in college, mm-hmm. where if I could lose my scholarship if I sleep around. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the same power. You have. Also, you don't have power over the media mm-hmm. as well at mm-hmm. this level. At the college level, you can at least control a little of what goes on on campus because you're the guy on campus. Yes, yes. In the NFL, anything you do will be highlighted. Yeah, so the, so the, power, so, so the, the power dynamics are different. Yeah. Exactly, but he still operates as if he's a college coach. Yes. For example, he's kicking the kicker. Um, yeah. He's telling... He's telling he's basically telling his players that they're losers because um, they don't have a college championship like he does. Yes. He was literally asking his coaches that were around him like his offensive coordinator. Yes. Hey, do you guys have a championship ring? Then, oh, then don't tell me what to do. Crazy, crazy, yes. yes. So a lot of people were seeing the more egotistic side yes. of Urban Meyer yes. who was hailed as a god. Right. Who was, hailed, who was supposed to be seen as like the college Bill Belichick. Yes. Yes, so um, other than Nick Saban, he was also one of those guys who people have had Yeah, man. He was They've out. had it for so long. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because he was concerned. Yes. It seems like he can't realize that, hey, you're dealing with, like, you have to own it as a man in front of the team. You yep. went outside of your marriage, did not fly home with the team. Mm-hmm. And one of the things as a head coach that you have to do, like, the captain has to go down with shit. Yep. Yep. So after a humiliating loss, you don't say, okay, then I am going to separate myself from my team. Hey, you guys go home and I'm going to stay in Cincinnati and party my life. So, it's just a bad look for yeah, a head coach. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, clearly the, the power dynamics are much different. You're under the limelight much more. You have less control over the story, over the narratives, um, and 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 transitioning and getting understanding the difference in, in, and that you are God and no, you're just a, a normal human being um, who is a leader who would be much it would be required of and much much expectations would be there and you be more focused on you. So that is what becomes the undoing of typical college coach who transition into the NFL and we see Urban Meyer falling a victim to the same trap. So thanks Mario for giving us that story on Super Mario Adventures. We move over to Overtime.
Welcome to Overtime. We do the overdrive here. We look at the predictions for key sporting events for the upcoming week. And we start off with the EPL on Sunday at 11.30, where Tottenham hosts Liverpool. And Maria, you're seeing there a... You want a draw. What, what, what are you predicting for that score? Uh, your, your audio is a bit low there. I'm expecting Liverpool to win. Okay. Any score? 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. AC Milan, Napoli. So I'm, I'm going with 3-2. I'm not sure which direction it's going in. And that's a part that I honestly don't know for this match. Wow. Both teams are up and down at yes. the moment. Neither team are consistently playing well. Mm -hmm. I don't 100% trust Napoli. And I don't 100% trust Milan as well. So it's 2-3 it's or 3-2. You don't know which direction it's going. Okay. Ravens Packers on Sunday. Oh, the Packers are going to win that. The Ravens just have too many players. Too many. Okay. okay. Bears Vikings on Monday Night Football. This is a difficult one, and it shouldn't. Yeah. I love Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. I love Adam Thielen. I love Dalvin, but I don't love your quarterback. Hmm. You're not. You're not. not your family. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're gonna. Go for bears. He's my, yeah, at home? yeah, he's my, he's my, he's my third cousin. But it's the problem with the bears is, yes. like, I want Justin Fields to, to be successful, and even Andy Dalton to some yeah. extent, mm -hmm. because you know he was good at Cincinnati mm -hmm. and he did his thing for the Cowboys while yes, yeah, yes. But you can't go around Adam Nagy. Like you can't get around Matt um, Nagy. Nagy. Mm -hmm. Matt Nagy, sorry, you yeah. can't get around Matt Nagy. So give. So, Yes. This game seems like a game where I'm asking the question, who will make the dumb mistake first? Tell me who. What do you see the score as? I just see that the I still see the Vikings getting the win because you have the deal and okay. you have the Dalvin. Vikings. So we but give yeah, it. So I still see the Vikings. Okay, with the Vikings there and Lakers versus Suns on Tuesday. I'm clear. I'm. I, I'm gonna ask you. I think you're gonna go for Suns. Okay, great. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you. Okay. I don't know what they are. Like okay. All right. okay. The Suns are a bit of a bit of basketball. Yes. The Lakers might be the bigger franchise yes. team, yes. but just looking at the basketball teams right now, yes. Suns are bigger. Okay, good stuff. There we have it for overtime. Looking at the scores, the predictions for the upcoming week. Which of these games are you entering into the competition, Mario? Um, give me the Packers on the red. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I, want I mean, come on, Lance. I tried to take the easy yes. win with the Cardinals. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yes. My record is terrible this season. <laughs> I need, I need, a, I need an easy win. I need an easy win. <laughs> that's when sometimes I you get into the trap. You're looking for the easy thing. And, and, and <laughs> but that's what I did last week. Well, you're doing the same thing again this week. Let's see. Let's see. All right. All right. All right. There you have it. Uh, thanks for joining us. You know, just completing the overtime section but it has been another nice very action-packed lots to talk about lots to look forward to show um it is the one love sports podcast with mario from live sports remember to join live sports um go over to look at their in-depth um content um, um breaking apart some of these big issues and giving you very wonderful insights Thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep safe. And always remember, it's one love every time.